0: Welcome to I Bought a Football Club, the show that takes you behind the scenes of running a football club. This is episode 29, so we've been going for a while now, and thank you for your, all your support. And I'm keeping on doing it as I promised I would. It's slightly irregularly, and I apologise for that, but I have at least got this out before Christmas, and um, this will be the last one until new, the new year, simply because I don't want to disturb people over Christmas, especially with some, some chairmen and uh, CEOs and other people who get on this show. Um, you know, watching a lot of games over Christmas so I don't want to disturb that. Today we've got a great guest, Stuart Fuller, chairman um, and um, also has another title which you'll hear, um, lazy with managers etc in terms of football operations um, very kindly has joined us it's from Lewis Football Club, very interesting very interesting piece, I think you'll find it fascinating uh, why I liked it particularly is that it gives a view of a fan-owned club and how it you know, where it can go and how it can go there and yeah, you know, just yeah. You know, as I say, I I I bring on this show all sorts of different variants so that people can just listen to them and yeah, you know, see what you think. That, that's all I do. Um, uh, and I think Stuart's a great guy, and I think he's got a lot a lot of great comments. So yeah, uh, really pleased to have have got him on. Um, just a quickie uh, before we get going with Stuart. The uh, the, the looks like the money that the. the the, the, the league has decided, they, had, they they reviewed, they had a review I did mention on one of my earlier podcasts with David Bernstein, the ex-head of the FA, running this review process and the, I understand that his there's, there's every chance that his his whatever he's put forward may be um, enacted next year, but the, this year, and I think the league arrives about this, they decided that they weren't going to do it because it, it simply was unfair. Uh, because it would mean that clubs were told that, you know, the budget for this, we're going to guarantee you three months' money. And then, of course, to take that away would have been wrong. And, they would, you know, you, you've got to be able to have some certainty when you're running a football club. It's so difficult at the moment because everything you you try and do gets, gets moved. So, anyway, um, now my problem with Mr Bernstein's review is that he invited four clubs on to talk who were opposed to the deal, that the current deal that the, that the government has... Not the government that the', the um, it's national lottery promotion money and some government money, but the four people who were opposed to how it was distributed, and two people that were for it or two clubs that were for it now the four i do remember that i i, well, I don 't remember the four um, the four this is the problem i don 't remember the four clubs that 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 he brought on i think Telford was one I think Hereford was one maystone wasn 't one. Um, but it doesn't matter because they're all going to say the same thing anyway. But the two clubs that were for it, I was a bit surprised which ones he brought on. Um, those 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 clubs were um, Oxford City and Boreham Wood. So I would I would think that's wrong. I would think personally that the clubs I would bring to be, be bringing on um, are clubs that ch- people such as Aldershot etc. who have. You know, had a reasonable gait, been been around for a few years, relatively consistently, etc. Um, as opposed to clubs that are benefiting for it in a big way. Clubs that perhaps are just merely filling up what was what was lost um and that you know i, I just think it, to have four against two and those two being clubs that you know have obviously earned more than they would have normally earned um wasn't particularly the right clubs to bring on anyway my other issue with it as you know is as i brought up on the previous podcast is that david bernstein's on a committee with the maidstone maidstone being one of the main uh, people against this clubs against this uh, whole whole scenario um, he's on a separate committee run by Gary Neville with the Maidstone MP, and I just think you know the impartiality of all that stuff. I just think if you're going to run an impartial review, I'm not saying that anyone has been anything but, you know, upfront, straight, and honest. But I just feel that let's take away all those, you know, bits which could be questions that could be asked. That's all. So there we go. I'm not, not, not saying anything was wrong, but I'm just saying if someone like that is on a committee already with someone that's very into their club and close to their football club that maybe that person shouldn't be doing the review and I don't mean that as a slight against uh, Mr Bernstein or against the Maidstone MP I'm just saying it's a, yeah I just feel it's it, it should be someone that has perhaps no experience although I know Mr Bernstein's got experience running football but anyway look that is what it is I, I, I I'm just bringing that up as a, as a point really so, um, where else are we? Kingsland last night, delighted that we got a win at Alfreton. We well, actually got a win at Baseford, but we played Alfreton on a 3G pitch. The match was switched there because um, Alfreton wanted to play on Tuesday at Alfreton. And if it rained too much, to switch it to Baseford on Wednesday. And I made them agree. And I thought it was the right thing. And they were very good. You know, Ex-Andrew Raven, their club secretary, very very fair. Uh, and we agreed that we make a decision at 12 he'd make a decision at twelve o'clock yesterday that if the game was playable, we'd play it at Alfreton, and if it wasn't playable, we'd switch it to B- Baysford, and that way our players can actually play the game yesterday, as opposed to not knowing coming back today and tomorrow. So it goes on. My big worry about it all, and I thought it was just completely unfair, is that the league. Have stated that we have to, or not the league, but the FA have stated that we have to play the game within five working days. Well, the next round's not to the 16th of January, so why not let it drift on a little bit more? I would have hoped, you know, sensibilities and you know, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of logic would have meant that the 11th, i oh, will just to just uncut that. Uh, apologies for that, uh, schoolboy error. Um, 11th of um, uh, January would have been a much better. Uh, Sorry, yeah, the 11th of January would be a much better date to do it. it. It would still give the whole week to play it, and the next round's not to the 16th, so that would have made more sense. But anyway, uh, what the what FA did say is that we'd have to play the game right up to Christmas Eve to include Christmas Eve, if necessary. So, i.e., let's just say the game is waterlogged pitch to yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then we have to play Christmas Eve. Well, tomorrow is Christmas Eve, so that is ludicrous. I've never known them actually played on Christmas Eve before. Maybe, if any of you can remember one, please do tell me and let me know about it because I can't remember that anyway um one request it's Christmas happy Christmas to you all uh I hope you have a great new year great Christmas you all enjoy it um can I ask one little favor from Christmas from me to from you to me as it were uh, if you like this podcast if, it, if you enjoy it uh give me some um uh, what's the word love back and I can, um, cause it just helps me do, get you know, motivates me to doing it. Um, I don't care too much about the reviews, although I like to read them. But do um, do give me five stars because that helps propel us up through the rankings. And there are a couple of people I've spoken to recently, quite big football clubs, and they were going to come in and you know, but we got to feature in the top twenty or thirty of the podcasts because otherwise they think it's not worth their time. And of course, the problem is that this podcast has got some excellent reviews and when you go into it you know i look at the first pod it's you know it's had 500 listens in the last three weeks so people are going back and listening to it but once they listen to one they like they go back and then a, lot, a lot of them some of them are dated but not many maybe only five of them and the rest of them are all uh you know still good today as they were then but people have to find it and the problem is of finding it is okay i did a very good piece on radio five live a few weeks ago they very kindly mentioned it gave me a little plug for it but it's people finding it to then listen to it and then remember it and then and then recommending it to others. So anyway, that's, that's all I ask. It's a really big help. If you could just give us five stars and if you'd like to leave a review, I do read them all. If you'd like to ask a question, please do ask a question. Just send a little, um, uh, uh go into the details of his podcast you can press a button it used to be there i'm sure it still is which leaves you it allows you to leave a voicemail if you don't want to leave a voicemail then don't just send me an email chairman at kltown.co.uk, and just you know, whip, whip it over and i re- if you don't want me to read it out just want me to respond personally i've done that several times i'm quite happy to, to do that i know one or two of you i do owe emails too i do apologize profusely for that Uh, But life is just, you know, life sometimes it just gets in the way. But feel free to nudge me again because I'm quite happy to to, 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 to do it. Anyway, um, I'll come back at the end. Um, Let's put on Mr... Stuart Fuller um, from Lewis Football Club. Uh, very interesting football club. Very interesting setup down there. Lots of things to recommend it. And, um, yeah, I've I've enjoyed speaking to Stuart. And I'm sure you're going to ensure... It as I, so I'll stop this again. I, I've enjoyed uh, speaking to Stuart, as you're going to enjoy hopefully listening to him. See you in a second. Great... Uh, Welcome today to making his debut, Stuart Fuller, uh, Chairman and Head of Football Operations. I hope I've got that right, Stuart. Have I? Of Lewis Football Club. I've got a bit of a... Jim, but I think I can hear you now. Yeah, I've got you. So that's the main thing. As long as I can hear you, it should be OK. Yeah. Um, are you connected to your board, but broadband, Stuart? Yeah?
1: Uh, no, I've just come off broadband because that was, I think that might be in the issue. I can oh. hear you now. Okay, now. perfect we've got you
0: brilliant well Stuart, w- welcome to the show thanks for coming on uh Pleasure. christmas time 23rd of december i know it's a busy period for everyone so appreciate your time um let's start um very briefly with the um, your, your club has the most evocative name for a stadium you know the dripping pan yeah <laughs> what a great name <laughs> i've never understood it can, can you explain where it's come from for me well,
1: I think it depends on which story you believe, and and who's telling it to you, and how much they've had to drink. <laughs> um, there, there are a number, there are a number of stories behind it. I think the most plausible, um, the, the ground is uh, is is one hundred and thirty five years old. Um, it's on some um, flat land that runs down to um, the river, uh, the river Ouse, mm-hmm. and um, uh, back in the day, the um, just you know, five minutes down the road is, uh, is the Lewis Priory, uh-huh. so where the monks used to live. And um, uh, the, the the story is that the land around the ground was used by the monks um, to pan for salt. Oh.
0: Uh,
1: and hence why it became known as the, the dripping pan. Um, there are other other variants other stories but, um <laughs> i i like to think that's that's the the, the nicest it it, it it you know it it conjures up a lot of nice images,
0: so um, we'll go with that one. Yeah, that's the one we should stick to. That's the one we'll yeah. take. Yeah, yeah, oh, brilliant, brilliant, well done. Um, well, good to know that, and and it's just a nice story as as the name would imagine, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, that works. Well. well, tell me, I mean, look, there's big news coming out of your your club this week. Uh, you've got a six-figure deal, which puts us yep. to shame with Lyle and Scott, the clothing brand. Which, um, so tell me, how did this come about? Because Lyle and Scott. I've always associated as a kind of slightly older gentleman golfing brand. I don't play golf, but that's the kind of impression yep. that I've got. So r- run me through how, how all that came about.
1: Um, so, yeah, we, we've been talking to a, a number of um, uh, potential commercial partners um, for a while. Um, one of our um, uh, players on our vets team um, has an agency and he managed to um, through one of their clients uh, get through the door with um, Lir Scott now Lius Scott, as you said, traditional golfing brand um, uh, they want to really sort of like look at a a, a different dynamic a different um, audience sure and and one of those is is, is definitely becoming um, uh, appealing to to male and female um, and also to sort of widen the the um, uh, the focus from golf, and I think there's, that our story really resonated well with them as to what we were trying to do and what we were trying to achieve as a club in terms of uh, of gender and pay parity. And um, yeah, it, it, it's a great match and and one that um, we're looking forward to developing over over time.
0: Brilliant, and and it's it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of money. I mean, six figures. Have you ever got a deal close to that amount? Well, before not
1: not in the 10 years that I've been at the club. Um, we've, we've done deals with, with some very big names. Um, but normally those deals tend to be, you know, contra deals. They'll be, you know, we, we'll, we'll sign up for someone as a partner and in return, they'll give us X rather than an investment into the club. Um, so this is, you know, uh, without a doubt that the biggest deal that the club has done, huge amount of work has gone into it from some of my fellow, uh, fellow directors. And, um, uh, it's just a shame that we've got no football at the moment where we can uh uh put the logo on the shirts and and and
0: show it off really yeah massively be disappointing for everyone yeah uh, huge really i mean are they, are they asking you to you know there's no clauses saying we don't play we want the money back or anything like that yeah.
1: i'm not aware of all of the, no. the the commercial elements of it obviously they they a, they would like a return on their investment and they want to see us playing. Sure. Um, and I think that um, we'll do whatever we can to give them that return on investment, to give them that visibility. Um, uh, our, our women's team, um, th- that league is still... It's broken for Christmas, but um, our next game back is on the 10th of January at home to to Durham. Uh, and, you know, we had the... We had Lyle and Scott on the shirts for the for the game um, last week against Crystal Palace, and we'll and we'll promote it in that way. Um, on the men's side, we'll just try and and do what we can to 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 promote the brand and and depending on what the changes to the regulations are. Um, Lewis is in Tier Two at the moment. It, it does have a, a pretty quickly increasing infection rate, but as it stands, you know potentially could still we could still play football but um we're
0: not sure sure um interesting Stuart. so so that's so that's that's how it is and um you'll probably do some ground improvements with the money i guess with you and yeah, yes partner, yeah, and yes make it look good and, and what's the talking about the old ladies because obviously you've got a very interesting strategy haven't you that
1: you yeah. am i
0: right in saying you pay the same amount of money to the ladies as you pay them the men is that we, right
1: we have the, the playing budgets are the same.
0: The playing budgets are the same. The okay. playing
1: budgets are the same, so the so the managers can use exactly the same amount of playing budget, um, whether they choose to or not is completely up to them. Um, but, but in terms of us setting our budgets for the season, the same amount is allocated every single week for them.
0: Okay, yeah. that's interesting. And what are the crowds? Are they very similar between the two between the two sides?
1: Yeah. So in our last full season, so last well in our last part season. Um, we were averaging, men's were averaging around 630, and the women's had got up to about 600. Um, wow. So they've, they've grown 10, that's grown tenfold in five years. That's
0: amazing. And why is that? Is that because of the level the women are playing at? Are you at the second, it, yeah. second from the top? Is that right? Second, yeah. second
1: tier. The other yeah. thing that, the other important thing to, to say at this point is it's the same playing budget, it's also the same admission fee. So, so, you know, to, to watch our women's team is... is um, in terms of other women's football would be quite... It would be seems quite expensive. But but our, our view is, if we are... You know, we want to be equal across the board. Sure. Um, and also, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, in many instances, price is only ever an issue in the absence of value. And we think we give value um, to people coming into, into a match day. So, um yeah, that, that
0: that's how we approach that. Interesting. So, could as you rightly say, it's it is. There are different prices in women's football, aren't there? Yeah, we, yeah. A, yeah. A, a lot of. Them. Okay, so um, more sponsorship deals. Do you have any more of these big deals lined up? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so we're talking to a couple of other um, organisations. Um, again, what we've been able to do is working with uh, a, a couple of um agencies and a couple of other partners and and sort of broadening um our outreach so so let me just take a step back so what we did as a board in the summer is real we realigned how we worked and and each board member has one potentially two focuses and we have we have what we call pillars so we work in pillars so so my pillar um is football operations Uh, And I also work on diversity and inclusivity. Whereas, you know, one of my other colleagues um, would work on something called Ohio, which is our house in, uh, in order, which is looking at financial um, situations uh, and also the sponsorship deals. So um, that's how we work. And, and at any one time, what it's, what it's enabled them to do is to focus on, you know, right. I need to focus on football operations. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me on a day-to-day basis that we've got a maintenance issue at the ground. Now, every every two weeks when we meet virtually as a board, um, we get an update on that. Every day, we use um, a, tech, a platform called Slack. Um, so I'm looking at Slack now and I can see um, one of our other directors is talking about our life members and like the Queen's Honours list, do we need to consider who we need, you know, for the, for the end of the year? But I don't have to worry about that. I'm, I, I get an insight now and I can comment on it. But they're, they're the ones focusing on it. I don't need to worry about it. And so what that enables us to do is on, on commercial revenues, we've got three or four of our directors who are focusing just on increasing the number of commercial partners um, that we have. Uh, and that's, that works really well. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean,
0: how, big, how big is this board?
1: Uh, so we are, um, we are 10. Yeah, we're 10 on the board. Um, uh, and each, we're all elected because um, we're community owned so each of us is elected uh, on uh, three year terms um, and it, it's roughly you know three of us up every year uh, and there's one year where there's four um, but what that means is that you know, there's quite a lot of continuity um, and when we have someone new join the board so we had a, a brand new board member join in October you know, we're able to understand what their skill sets are and and align them to a particular um, pillar within the club. And then they can start working. Um, they can see the history of all the conversations
0: within uh, within the Slack platform. So it works really well. Really good. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm not yeah, you know, I'm probably what's the word neutral? Yeah, is the best about fan owned clubs. Um, my my main worry about them is and this may not be a worry, this may be that people are quite happy to do it and, and you might be able to tell me I'm completely wrong, which please do if I am wrong but I've always thought you can get to step three, you can perhaps get to step two, you might get to step one, but when you start getting into the football league, the whole life mm. becomes impossible it, it, you know, Do you, Am I wrong? Do you think it, do you think it's plausible to run a football club and be fan-owned you know, um, at high level?
1: I, I think it's, it, it would be incredibly difficult um, There's, you know you know you talk about the 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 50 plus 1 rule in germany um that's that's a slightly different rule you know barcelona yeah. is technically fan owned but it's not you know the fans it's not really fan owned it's it's more of a a community for for them um for here in the uk i think it would be incredibly difficult for a club to rise from um the non leagues uh, as as Fan-owned and get to a significant point uh, within the football league. Um, Exeter are, are, are fan-owned. You know they're traditionally a, a step or a, yeah, a step four and three club within the football league. Obviously, Wimbledon is a very good example. Um, you know they're sort of step four, step three. Um, Swansea were ten percent fan-owned, um, oh. but aren't any longer. You know Portsmouth were fan-owned and got to a point. Um, you know, I know uh, Ashley Brown, who was the the CEO there, really well. Um, and you know, he he knew that they couldn't go much further um, being fan-owned because it's just it, it's about the investment. It's about how do you take the club to the to the next level. And, and you know, you know full well that there is so little difference between where you're playing at Step One and League Two. Mm, and it, you know, they, they, it, it's gonna it would take you a few tweaks. To be able to compete in step in in League Two, League One is a, is a little bit harder because obviously you've now got clubs like Sunderland and Portsmouth and Ipswich in there. But then you're in a... it's a whole
0: different world above that whole different world. Yeah, yeah, very difficult, very difficult. So, does that fill you with a bit of, a bit of a sadness that that from a from a you know, from a theoretical point of view, that yeah, that fan ownership only works to a certain level, and yeah, in a real world, an ideal world, we should be able to have fan ownership right to the I, top.
1: I would like there to be more fan fan involvement in football clubs. Um, I, I think it's it depends on the it depends on, on the, the strategy and the motivation of the club. For, for us, you know, Lewis is a is a very unique community. And we like being, um, you know, at the heart of the community and having community at the heart of what we do. I think right. if we got into the Football League, you know, would the people of Lewis be happy with a thousand away fans arriving on a Saturday? Um, you know, and all the issues that come with that the police that need presence needs to be, you know, I, I'm not sure personally. Nope. Um you know we, as a as a club as a as a set of uh of directors as stewards for a future generation we're split on this you know one of my colleagues thinks that we should be playing should focus on playing league football. My mm-hmm. personal view is you know i, I don't think we, we are i'm not on the word capable i mm-hmm. i i don't think that that we are set up to play league football and i don't think that there is a world where we would be set up to play league football.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, does it matter? That's the other question. <laughs> no, you know,
1: if, if at the end of the day, you know, one of the beauties yeah. of, of coming to watch a game at Lewis, um, and, and this is you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, is you can, you know, our bar is our bar is stocked with with beers from local breweries. You can go and get sure. a beer. You can stand on the terrace. Your view is ahead of you is the is the white um, chalk cliffs of the Sussex downs. The food is locally sourced. It's not your usual football football, and you can swap ends at half time. Now sure. we go to, to, um, into league two, you know, fans have to be segregated, no alcohol. Um, you know, all of these things that make our ground special, um, mm. would we'll have to change. We also live in mm. a ground, you know, we, we, we play in a ground that's 130 plus years old. Um, there's a lot of things that we, we we physically cannot do in that ground. And if we got into league football, that may cause a big
0: problem. Yeah, sure. sure. And, and you have to stop people... Swapping ends yeah. and yeah, all that kind of stuff, which I agree is, is, is a shame, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it really is a shame. And I mean, to me, one of, one of the rules at the moment is that you can, we're allowed, when we're allowed fans in, that you, they can come and buy a beer, but then they've got to return to their seats. But of yeah. course, the National League rule, why well, you can't return to yeah. your seats with a beer. So so that basically takes the beer out of it, which just, you know, okay, you don't have to have a drink to go to a football match, of course, but it just, you know, it just, why, 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 you know it's perfectly safe to sit in your seat and have a drink. Why not allow people to do it? It just seems illogical. Yeah, yeah? Exactly. You know? Yeah. there we go, what do I know um, so tell me about this because how uh, was there a, an effort from your point of view where you said okay we're going to get the ladies team, this is going to be a, 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 an important part of our modus operandi and, and we're going to get the ladies team up mm. yep, higher than any other team at our level which I guess you mm-hmm. are, yep, you've done that I can't imagine there's anyone else at your level playing at your level, um, was that a specific purpose that you, you did it and if so what, what made you do it? Well, I think
1: that we saw, um, again, I think that we've got some very clever um, people in the club um, who are are involved in the club who saw the opportunity. And we saw the opportunity that women's football was going to change. It had to change to be successful. Um, We were a a very successful club for a period of about 10 years in in women's football. We went from nothing to to essentially winning everything we could win. And... um, The thing that was going to stop us was that, um, go back five or six years ago, um, there was no promotion from step three um, upwards. So, it didn't it, you know, a little bit like, you know, football in the US. You know, you could win your league, mm-hmm. but you weren't being promoted. You know, you know w- what made you think of, of that? So, we, put, we, we petitioned the FA. A couple of other clubs joined us in that. And the FA introduced playoffs. And the playoffs actually um, meant that Brighton and Hove Albion... Tottenham, for instance, got promoted from where they were because they they were also at a level where they weren't going to be able to go up. We we knew that the at some point there was going to be a major reorganisation in the women's game, and we wanted to be part of the uh, of what the results looked like. So um, we had already started planning for a a world where they were going to open up essentially applications, and um, mm-hmm. in order for us to do that, we had to. Um, increase our uh, the revenue coming into the club. Um, Lewis has always been a a, a club that a, that that will do the right things. Um, we sure. we fought and campaigned for other clubs in the past. I remember a case where Enfield were denied a place in the playoff due to a a player, an illegible player, playing like two minutes in a game or or something like that. And, and you know we petitioned. Hard the league to change their minds and everything like that, and, and where we found is that we we saw an opportunity to think. Hang on a minute, if we're going to go and play at a high level within the women's game, um, we want to do this right. So so that was where the the whole equality point of view came from. It was about how can we get the message that that we should be paying our players the the same at the highest possible um, on the highest possible stage, and it, and it was okay let's apply let's see if we can get into whatever this new structure looks like, and let's see how high we can go now you know we know that um payer quality um we could do it at our level, and we know sure. that um you know a club like Chelsea or manchester united you know there are you know there are reasons why they can't do it um but our point of view was always. Someone has to be the first to do this, and why can't we be the first? Why can't we do this and then start start pushing and 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 get the the topics um, seen and heard by people? Which is what we've done. Um, we were, we applied and we were given our place in the in the second tier of, of women's football in the championship. Um, you know, at, at the same time, you know, there was us and and Manchester United. Um, with the t- with the two teams that were essentially given the opportunity to play that, um, so that's quite a um, good company to be in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and our aim is still we want promotion to the Super League. We want to, you know, we want to be playing eventually in the, you know, the Champions League. That's that's our aim. You know, it's not something we can say we're going to do in three years or five years, no. but but we want to be playing at the highest level of football for both of our teams that we can play at. And I think it's, it becomes easier, uh, you know, as we see at the moment, the women are in step two, the men are in step seven. Um, so for us to reach the top in the top tier in women's football is sig- considerably easier in respect of time um, than where the, sure. the men's could be.
0: Okay, so what I mean, what do you get if you make the, the the top of women's football? What's the kind of payout per club per season? Is there a minimum guaranteed payout?
1: I'm not sure what the amounts are, but but. Yeah, there are, because Barclays are the title sponsor, so there's there's, uh, commercial revenues coming in. There's a TV deal, so there's a new TV deal that um, is going to see games being shown live on BBC um, over the next season, so again, that's shared. There is um, central funding from the FA that funds um, certain aspects. So even even for us, we have funding from the FA that essentially allows us to have... um, a general manager and we have an absolutely amazing general manager maggie um but also some funding that that, that helps with you know marketing and and, and things like that um and, and that goes that's that is a higher level as you get into the super league um yeah
0: yeah sure so there is there is money there but you're not you don't know if it's tens of thousands hundreds of thousands or millions i guess yeah. it's not millions <laughs> yeah um interesting so tell me this you've obviously got I know, one of your other jobs is that you, you well, part of your job, your remit is that you speak to both managers, yeah, um, on a, on a re- relatively yep. regular basis. Like, do they do they bounce everything off you, you know, continually? Um, do you look usual as a sounding board
1: on the on the men's side? A hundred percent, absolutely a hundred percent. On the women's side, um, uh, our coach Simon is 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 a licensed. He's got quite a, a a strong management team around him, but. If we're looking at bringing a player in, you know, he'll, he'll talk to us and, and say, I'm thinking of this player, um, you know, what about this? And, you know, we may push back and say, well, OK, you know, why that position there? I think you've got this person here or that person there. Um, as I say, on the men's side, um, yeah, massively involved. To, uh, to an extent where pre-season, uh, the manager um, will say, come and sit on the bench. Not okay, not, really not as a sub. But we'll actually no, of <laughs> <laughs> I think that day has that day has passed, unfortunately. Um, but he you know, and he he wants he views uh, there's myself and and the um, club secretary John. Um, we we I, I think we're pretty good at knowing football at our level in our region. And he'll bounce ideas off, he'll talk about potential players, he'll he'll talk about how we're gonna approach a particular game, he'll send us clips of an opposition and say what you know what do you think of this how would you set up against them he he listens he listens constantly um he's not easily swayed but he he does listen and his experience okay. is 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 mainly as a as a first thing coach he's a UA for a license as well and his roles have been you know as, as, as step one as an assistant manager as a coach rather than a manager so This is really his only sort of second gig as a manager. So uh, I think he will admit himself that he's on a learning curve Um, and and Mm. he values the input we can give him. Likewise, his, his assistant is uh, the head of our uh, 18s. Um, Again, young coach, 30, just turned 30, but has built possibly the best under 18 structure, certainly in the County, if not in the Southeast of England. And, he's there because he's able to, to to bring that connection between the young players and and say right okay i think that you know we've got this guy playing for the 18s who i think we should give him a go and 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 so you've got that continuity now from our 18s through to our first team because the management team essentially is the same
0: gosh yeah. that's that's very important well I'll, I'll come back to that in a second because i'd like to talk about that but so that is a i mean do you think that's a rare relationship because a lot of Managers. I mean, I, this mm. may not be true, but they, they seem to view chairman as a, as a, as a kind of necessary evil. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they talk on the day one when they join and on the, day, on, the, on, the you know, on the last day when they leave, but they don't seem to have too much to do, or as little to do with them as possible in the, in the middle. Is, is there a reason why he talked? Is it because you've got... A, have, you, have you got a football no. background is that why he values it? Or is it just, not so not is really. It,
1: I mean, I, I, I know my football <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I watch a lot of football at the non-league level and I know the sure. players. Um, I've always had good relationships with all of our managers, our, our previous manager, uh, Darren Freeman was an ex professional. Um, we brought him into the club, um, off the back. He was, he had taken Whitehawk from step five to step two. Uh, and then he joined us and, and even with him, you know, we, we would talk most days, um, and he would talk about players and talk about, uh, uh, uh tactics. And again, I think that some managers, um, you know, it's like everything in life. I, you you surround yourself with good people, but how you improve yourself is by is by listening to what they're saying. And sure. I think we've been very lucky, certainly with the last couple of managers um, who have done that. Um, and I, but again, I also think that there is a type of manager that we would want at Lewis, and and they and they fit. Um, they fit
0: where we're uh,
1: the type of manager that we want. So
0: do you think it's a rarity then? Do you, do you go, when you, when you are playing football, we yeah. were playing football, we'll be soon playing football, we all hope, you, you know, when you speak to other chairman, do they, do they have a, the same kind of relationship with their manager as you have with yours? Um, sorry, can you say that again? It, it broke up massively. Oh, yeah. So, OK, so when, when you go to play football with other clubs, um, do you and you speak to other chairmen? Do do you find that they had the same relationship with their manager as you have with your manager, or do you think your manager your relationships are quite quite you know? No, I don't
1: unique? think that the, some. I think it depends on how the the, the chairmen operate, and I think it depends on um, the uh, that you bring. In. So you don't necessarily. That's, that's really interesting. Is um, you know the best players don't necessarily make the best managers. Um, sure. And I think we've made a mistake of, of potentially bringing in people that um, were good manage, good players that just didn't work out as managers. Um, sure. But I also think it's important that um, um, you, you give them the autonomy. So, I, you know, I, I've never, I think in my time as chairman, I've only ever once questioned them on a team selection. And that was on one particular player. Um mm-hmm. and I was proved wrong and, and I missed it. But I I, I don't get involved. I've never I've never been in the changing room at half time. You know, I've never sure I've never gone into a changing room uh full time and unless I'm going to say well done, I'd never go in and, and, and criticize anybody. Um but the players uh and the managers know that I'm approachable and I'll listen and I'll I'll help where I can. Um I, I I think at our level, I think sort of step three, step four. Um, yeah, I think some managers are, are approachable. I, but again, I think it also de- determines about setting uh, expectations and setting reasonable expectations. That's a really important key point to me. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, and I think that defines the the relationship with the um, between the chairman and the manager.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Fascinating. So but, you, you picked up on that point there, a very important point that your his assistant set up, you know, the best under 18 you know, um, system in, in, in the South. I mean, how, how on earth did he do that? Um, <laughs> Can you hear
1: me? Yes, yeah, right? yeah, so yeah, I, I, I just... Yeah. Sorry, I only got the last bit that said the South. Oh, yeah, yeah. How, how he set up the under-18s. How did he go oh, about okay, doing fine. that from
0: scratch?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. So he... So... Mm. Dale was the he was the assistant under 18s coach to to another guy who um uh, who had some success um but he, he just he he knows uh, you know he's got an, a, a sort of like a, a network himself of of people who are watching you know under 14s under 15s football and when they spot someone good you know then we'll 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 see if we can invite them into to Lewis we used to have an academy um it didn't work for us, the education side, interestingly enough, um, and then COVID came along and stopped our plans to, to launch um, for this year. Um, but we've sure. got we've currently got two players in the first team who came, our goalkeeper and, and one of our midfielders. Um, but we've got six 18s in our first team squad um, who who last year were playing for our under 18s. Um, So it's about just... What happened was last year, while we realised we we needed to change, um, one of the two best teams in our league is Worthing. Worthing are are one of our rivals there, 15 miles down the road. Sure. Um, And their manager there has built a really attractive team. Very... If you had to compare it to a professional team, it would be like Leeds. They play with no fear. And what he did is he he would sign really good 18s players from other clubs who weren't getting an opportunity. So we played them last year. They were top of the league and, you know, they would have won the league if they finished. And they beat us 3-1 at home. Right. Um, Fair and square. But the three or four standout players for them uh, were players who were youngsters uh, and a couple of them had been with our 18s. Right. And that was a, that to me that was a light bulb moment. it's like, why are they who have come through our academy, play for us, all of a sudden playing for our rivals mm. and it was because the management team in the past had never given the eighteens the chance yeah county cup game we'll give them a we'll give them a run out sure, and this year in the- in the summer, we made the decision if if we think they, they they're good enough, then we'll put them in the first team squad, yeah, you know. We lost first game of season 4-1 at Enfield. Then we lost at Bedfont in, in the FA Cup, which was a real kicker. But, but that Bedfont team, you know, we had five or six of the eighteens in there. Every 90 minutes they play at the first team level, they are learning and they'll get better. Good. And that's the thing that we, you need to start somewhere. And I think that starting somewhere is what we did. And, and we've now got a really good, strong squad that's you've now got some of these 18s who have played 15, 20 games. We've had two of those um, have on trial and, and being looked at by professional clubs this season. One of one Premier League club right. um, looking at one of our players. Um, in fact, I think he's still. I think he might have come back. I think he was he was definitely there last week. Um, and, and that's that's what we want to see. You know, we don't necessarily want to see. Uh, be seeing these players that are leaving. But you know, if an 18 year olds going to get a chance at a professional club, I'd, I'd love them to come through. Lewis, of course. So, and obviously, R- rather than down the road,
0: yeah, yeah, of course you would. Of course you would. And and, and and you know, to me, losing you losing players to your near rivals is yeah, greats on you because you think why on earth yeah. didn't we spot him? What you we know, because they did and we didn't. So they've obviously done something better than I've done. It's not a envy thing. It's just the thing. Yeah, you know, why haven't we done it? So I can understand. Well how you yeah. understand but tell me this what would you do um i mean I, i've often banged on saying it's completely wrong i mean obviously when they're 18 you can have them on contract you'll get some compensation but when they're 16 if you if you brought them up from 13 14 etc you you lose them and you don't get anything do you think that's right
1: mm, i think that's ter- i think that's wrong i think that's really wrong yeah. um and you know the the professional clubs are, are, are are taking players younger than younger. You know, we have a... Uh, there are a number of professional clubs outside of Brighton, because obviously, we, you know, we're within five miles of Brighton, but there are professional Premier League clubs that are scouting for youngsters, you know, under the age of 10 in our in our area. Sure. And you think, that's just... That's mad. That is absolutely mad. And I'd much rather see a structure that where the investment went into into the, to the local clubs that allows them to develop these players, maybe in conjunction with, a, with, a, with another club, mm. um, but also to be recognised mm. um, for the work that the club does. And I think that's, that's um, something that needs to, to change massively
0: in football. Yeah. I think so. I think it's completely and awfully wrong. Yeah? And I can't understand mm. why, you know, you know... I mean, I don't understand why these big clubs why they don't do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and that mm. to me is, we're not, I'm not saying they have to give you a six figure check on day one, but they must say to you, surely if this lad makes it, we'll give you a six figure check. If he doesn't make it, then, you know, we'll send him back, whatever, you know? And, and it just, Yeah. It just seems that it would be an easy thing to do. And the FA could easily enforce it by saying, look, if this lad's been at a previous, I mean, how, how I would do it, it's very simple. I'd say, um, he has yeah. been at two clubs before, Before he joined you, yeah, two non-league football clubs. So from now on, ten percent of his salary will—sorry, ten percent of his transfer fee will be split between those two clubs on a how many years basis they've been been at them, yeah, and uh, on a proportional basis, and that will continue throughout his career. If you're not going to do the right thing, this is the thing we're going to bring in, yeah. And I think that would Mm -hmm. solve the problem. Then, then you're guaranteed every time you get sold, you get some money. Mm? Why Mm shouldn't? Yeah. Um, it seems an easy solution, but not one they're obviously going to do. But yeah, um, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they wouldn't do. But anyway, yeah, we, we'll move on. There's not what much we can do. We, we can do about. It. So that's interesting. So you've got that sorted out. Um, you've got you've got you've got your structure. Have you got have you got a good area? Because where we struggle at Kings Lynn is we have nowhere to train. Do you have a great training facility as well?
1: Yeah. So um, one of the um, fundraising. Um, uh, things we did five six years ago was um we built a 3g um on land that's adjacent to the ground uh it's owned by lewis old grammar school so we have a deal with them where essentially they allowed us to build the um the 3g and then they get they get um usage of it during school term time um and that's a full size um 3g that can be partitioned down um we have i think we have i think we've got 10 teams within the club so each of them will be training on that so that's saving a huge amount of money and also wear on the on the main pitch but um we it's also our community facility so there's a number of community groups um, um will be using it uh, every day um so um, our mental health team the vets teams um uh, we do a uh, soccer saturday um for local kids as well which the players run um and, and that that works really good for us that it's it's a fantastic facility for us the, the downside is that um it's it's because of the the nature of 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 the ground and where we are um the walk from the dressing rooms is quite long um mm. and you have to walk sort of like along a path around the back of some tennis courts and then then back in because we haven't been able to put a permanent structure down there yet um, for changing facilities. There's no running water down there, for instance. So uh, that's something that we are looking at um but it's it's a great facility for us yeah um really really good that's great so that's the key
0: you need you need to have that so you are you are you Mm. a kind of charity club? are you you, you do you have a separate community based charity or is it does it all operate under the
1: no it's it all operates under the club um so we are a officially a community uh we're a community benefits society um so we uh but we we you know the 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 club operates like a normal normal business there's no charitable foundation or anything like that um no
0: fair enough fair enough good well it's it's extraordinary um you know what what you've done there and you know because you often pop up in conversations you know with Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say you're punching above your weight because you get great crowds and you're well, yep, you're well supported. And yep. we, we punch way above
1: our weight on in terms of the coverage we get. Sure. We, um, it's funny. I was, I was talking to another chairman this morning who's up in the northeast in Step Five, and um, he said, he said, I can't believe how much media attention you get, and I was like, yeah, we do, absolutely, we do, but we work really hard to get it, and you know, we're lucky that a couple of very good journalists. Um, you know, one Paul Hayward, for example, who, who's b- recently been at the Telegraph. Um, it, he's 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 a he's a Lewis fan. He comes to games, yeah, and and he's always been really good. Um, and and on the women's side, there's there's Casey Wyatt and, and Susie Breck, uh, who are big fans of what we do. So so they also pick up on things as well. Um, but yeah, we 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 we've got you know two or three of us who who. Build our, our presence, you know, starting from things like the match posters and stuff like that, um, and really try and build our presence up. Um, and it pays off. Yeah. You know, the thing I would say is that, you know, we're in a, we're in a, a hugely competitive uh, environment and it's not just football. Um, you know, as the, as the crow flies, you know, 200 metres from our ground is a fantastic cinema called The, the Depot. Mm. Uh, Saturday afternoon, three o'clock, family with two kids they have a choice they can come and watch us play football or they could go to the cinema where it's it's warm and, and and cozy so therefore you know it goes back to that thing i said about you know it's about value so we have to we have to work hard sure. to ensure that if people are coming to watch our games that it's they're they in and they, and they get enjoyment for two 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 and a half hours and not reliant on that 90 minutes you know a couple of my mates you know, we, we go quite a lot to watch football abroad. And, and our motto is, is that you normally have a, um, uh, a, a great weekend away that's often ruined by 90 minutes of football. <laughs> and and it's true. Mm-hmm. It, it's true. So we need to try and take that, you know, almost take that away. So it's like, you know, 90 minutes of football didn't ruin my weekend or didn't ruin my, my trip away to, uh, to wherever. Mm. Yeah.
0: No, that makes that's so funny. I mean, do you get, um, Premier clubs, like obviously you're close to Brighton, big clubs, mm. do, do, they, do they look after you? Do they come and play pre-season friendlies with you and that kind of stuff?
1: Not anymore. No. Um, we played Brighton, the last time I think we played Brighton in a friendly was five, five seasons ago. Um, you know, now Premier League clubs, their pre-season friendlies are, you know, in Austria or in America or in China and places like that, um, which is a real shame. Because, you know, that's one of the things that that they could do so easily uh, and just pl- come and play, you know, their local teams. Um, it's not just Premier League clubs as well, you know, championship clubs or, or even League One clubs. You know, if we, we've hosted a, a few of them in the past. Our last sort of sellout was was the Brighton game sure. um, pre-season. And, you know, if we can get two, two and a half thousand people through the gate spending an average of eight quid, you know, 20,000 in, in the coffers. You know That's, yeah, that's a massive spend, you know, eight
0: quid. That's a massive uh, spend, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but that's that's the thing. You know, you, if you can get that kind of money coming through the gate and people have a couple of beers and they have a burger and um, they buy a programme, um, then that sets you up. I mean, 20 grand for us is, you know, that's, uh, that's a month's worth of player salary for both teams. Really, yeah. um, yeah, and and that's you know that, that that's really important. We um we missed out on pre season this year, there was there was no pre season. We had um uh as part of a deal, our our ex under 18s goalkeeper um went to Portsmouth uh, and um Portsmouth had, had agreed to play us. Okay. And, and again, you know, for Portsmouth, it's 60 miles down the road, but we haven't played them there, decent support, even if they brought you know a few hundred fans we'd probably have over a thousand for a game like that yeah of course yeah um and so something like that it, it, it all of a sudden it's a it, it's a big boost um and again it, it 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 brings new fans down as well so someone says oh hang on yeah paul's playing at lewis well I'm, okay let's give that a go
0: yeah and uh, you never know if they'll come back. Yeah, that's that's I yeah, agree. That, yeah, a little bit of a hook, yeah, and try and mm. uh, reel them in. Now that's important. So, look, two final questions. What's the yeah. hardest part of running the club? Uh,
1: in COVID or non-COVID? Well, times. yeah, you could le- make it easy. <laughs> right, any, any time at all. What's the hardest part? Everything. Um, hard yeah. I think that the hardest part is is just trying to um, financially ensure that you're you're stable and that you because we're a community club at some point, you know, we have to move off the board and, and, and for me and, and a couple of the fellow directors that's due to happen in the next couple of years. And it's about having the club that, that we can hand over to somebody that has been um, uh, responsibly run and is financials um, uh, sustainable in the future.
0: Yeah. that That's the hardest part. Yeah, I agree. And, Finally, final question. Mm. What? Um, so, why on earth do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, um,
1: yeah. so, so I, I, I live. I live in Southeast London. Sure. I'm six. I'm sixty-three miles, uh, to be precise, from the ground. Um, why do I do it? I, I, I used to be a Premier League fan. I was a West Ham season ticket holder, and I fell in love with non-league football as I fell out of love with Premier League football. Sure. And I just, I, I felt, I found a home at Lewis. I love the people. Uh, I love the challenge. I love the fact that we can make a difference. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, it, it's not just about the money at our level. We can do stuff that really makes a difference to the local community or, you know, to to our fans. And, and we're trying to punch our weight on a, on a global scale. And we can do stuff. And to me, that's why I do it, because I just... I feel that we have a platform to to do good things. Sure, sure, and that's why I do it.
0: That's why you do it. Brilliant. Well, yeah. Stuart Fuller, thank you so much. Yeah, for coming on and and no problem with us. Yeah, really loved it. Appreciate all your time and your candor. It was a great, great. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was really really good to chat to you. And and we'll, okay. we'll speak soon. Hmm? All right. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Thanks, Stuart. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Happy Christmas. <laughs> and to you. Thank <laughs> you, Christmas. Bye now. Bye. 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 So, great, great chat with Stuart. Hope you enjoyed it. I thought it was fascinating and had lots of, lots and lots and lots of just different things to think about. I um, thought his relationship with his manager was very interesting um, that, you know, the, the manager bounced his ideas off him without players and what that was fascinating. Also thought it was um, many, other, many other bits he, you know, he chatted about in terms of women's football, the equality angle, all, you know, all, all great talking points. Um, all the stuff we used to be able to go down to the pub and discuss. Those were the days. Let's hope they they come back soon. I'm sure they will. Keep the faith. Have a great Christmas. If your club's playing on football, may your team win. Unless it's Notts County, but otherwise, yeah. Um, no, no offence, Notts County fans. I enjoy, I enjoy doing the podcast with your 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 great guy and those other chaps um, uh, on. Well, I think it was on Monday. It feels like weeks ago, but anyway, uh, I hope I hope we get a great game of football, and I'm sure we will. And and yeah, just enjoy yourselves. Um, keep safe and I will come back to you in the very early part of the new year. Give me the reviews if you can. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care now. Bye bye.